Sign up. That's Code Sports. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The final score on Saturday, Red, 45-30 Oregon with victory over UCLA. Bo Nix, for the second time this season, throws for five touchdowns. And the Ducks, as a team, rush for 262 against their former coach in Chip Kelly and UCLA. And they're likely their last time heading to Austin Stadium as a member of the Pac-12 Conference. Joining us now from Eugene, my old partner in crime from 95-3 The Score, Steve Tannen back on the big show. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Morning, doing well, <laughs> licking the wounds from the Yankees, basking in the glow of the Ducks, so I'm a little uh, this and that. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have also been a little uh, this and that. I choose to focus on the positive. Uh, there was not a, uh, a primetime NFL game last night. I didn't see one. I didn't know if it was even on. <laughs> Wasn't really paying attention. And yeah, and baseball's been over for a week for me. So, uh, so we're, now, now, now we're in the same boat, but uh, obviously... Football's riding high in Eugene, and, you know, Steve, I remember, um, you know, one of our early years, I think it was our second year doing the pre- and post-game show was that 2009 season, and you and I doing the post-game show for that Boise State game and thinking to ourselves, oh, boy, uh, is, is, or is Chip Kelly in over his head, which is foolish to think, but at the time it was kind of weird. Um, and, and what's going to happen now without Mike Bellotti? And ultimately, they would win the conference and go to the Rose Bowl that year, proving that uh, they would be just fine. And I wonder if there was kind of the same feeling after that Georgia game, Steve, of like, oh, boy, what, what, what's this program? Like, did they get the right guy? Is, it, is, is, is Oregon going to be in trouble? And ho-hum, six, six wins later, Oregon's still in the top ten. They got a, a legit quarterback in Bo Nix, and I'm pretty sure everybody's feeling pretty comfortable about Dan Landing on the sidelines. The, the great freezing cold takes, if you follow them on Twitter, in the middle of the Oregon-Georgia game, an Auburn fan Everybody in Oregon just learned about what we know about Bo Nix. He's not the answer. It's going to be frustrating. You should go to Ty Thompson right now. <laughs> nice call there. Um, with Lanning, I mean, I think forever we're going to look back at that game and say, could there have been more of a lion's den to walk into? The defending national champs who are obviously loaded. You have an entire new staff who basically have never worked together. You've got new running backs. You've got a new quarterback. You've got key new guys in the secondary. And, you, you know, hindsight's a beautiful thing. But that game to me is it's a freebie. It's almost a delete button because at this point it's like it didn't even happen. And if it did happen, what does it really mean? Well, and to me, I think looking back again, and and it may be an albatross around the neck of, of Oregon throughout the rest of the season, but uh, I've declared today Steve live in the moment Monday. Uh, we don't worry about what's going to happen. Don't worry about the schedule head. Living in the moment, Oregon's feeling it's got to be feeling pretty good right now, but from from that perspective you have to wonder like you know with with that Georgia game i think there are a lot of fans like all right how do they bounce back like how how like you you were right it's a lions den but the good teams and the good coaches they never allow opponents to beat them twice chip kelly was really good about that obviously nick saban's maybe the best at that and from what oregon has been able to do after that Eastern Washington helped, not going to lie, 
but you never really saw anything kind of hang around after that Georgia game. And I think that's a credit to Dan Lanning and getting this team ready to play football after that embarrassing loss. Yeah, the bottom line is, you know, what do they say? The mentality of a great closer is you gave up a homer. Don't let it affect you tomorrow night. A cornerback gets toasted for a long touchdown, can't carry it over to the next series. And I think one of the defining characteristics of the landing era, albeit in its infancy, is look at the film. What don't we like? One, two, three, and they're better. They they improve in that area. It could be the penalties against Stanford. Could have been early on not cashing in, settling for field goals in the red zone or failing on fourth down. Now they're all touchdowns. It could be their defense on third down. And he's very transparent about it. You hear, we want to be transparent. Well, that guy sits down at a press conference, and there's not one media member, as wise and brilliant as we all are, <laughs> who, who points out something to Dan Lanning that he isn't all over. Steve Dan is the host of Crunch Time and Sports Talk on 95.3 The Score down in Eugene. Uh, my old partner for Oregon pre- and post-games for a good chunk of the season. And obviously a lot of those games, Steve, was you and I talking about Chip Kelly, talking about that Oregon offense. And obviously Chip Kelly then went on to, uh, to, to shoot his shot with the NFL. Didn't work out. He's back at UCLA. Third trip now back to Austin. He is now 0-3. And, 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 you know, thankfully, Steve, we've been distracted by the football games because I didn't even think about it. And it hit me about middle of the fourth quarter. It's like, oh, yeah. This might be the last time UCLA plays at Autzen Stadium. Obviously, who knows if there's a home-and-home home scheduled. Who knows? I don't think there's any hurry for Pac-12 teams to start scheduling non-conference games with UCLA. or And if there is an expanded playoff with home games. But in all reality, this may be the last time the UCLA Bruins are, are at Autzen Stadium. And maybe the last time Chip Kelly's at Autzen Stadium. It, it kind of hit me in the fourth quarter. I wasn't even thinking about it. Yeah, that's a good one, and uh, I didn't think about it either, but I thought the irony was it was a very Chip Kelly-era atmosphere, yeah. um, and, and, and by that, you know, I don't have to tell you, 2000, and we're going to throw in 2007 when game day came here twice, and it was like the last really magical, awesome moment was during the Mariota era when Michigan State here, and it was a battle of top ten programs, and there was just the magnitude to it, you almost felt like Chip Kelly was coaching the Niners. He lost that job. He's like, man, I can't trust you guys to do anything. i got to take a job in conference, build a top ten team, and go back to Austin myself to, to have a big game like that. Because from Sabrina as the picker, game day there, top ten battle, eyes of the country, it had that kind of electrifying feel at Austin that I really don't think has existed since 2014, you know, yet some moments, the disaster of 2016, then the coaching carousel, I felt like it was recaptured Saturday. And I want to give credit uh, for the next thing I'm going to bring up because, uh, you know, Tyson Alger, who I know is, is on your show, obviously he's on this show, friend of both of ours and is really, really good. Should I, you should subscribe to the I-5 Corridor, but he pointed Absolutely. out, he pointed out like, you know, Oregon fans under the, the Cristobal era, we all kind of were sitting around going like, okay, is it, I know we're winning a lot of games, but it's not real fun to watch. Uh, is this just going to be? And then this year, it's like, oh, yeah, we you can win games and have fun too. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. It was like, I know eating vegetables is good for you, but every, every once in a while, can we have like a cheat meal or something? And it feels like <laughs> that's kind of what's going on with Oregon this year. Oh, yeah, no, we... 
we, we, we don't have to, uh, and, and nothing against Cristobal. I mean, he won a lot of games, played in two Pac-12 championship games, and won a Rose Bowl. He's only one of three Oregon coaches to do so. But, you know, Steve, you and I can sit here and, and kind of admit, like, it was kind of some boring football in those in those years. And now, like, it seems like, you know, Coach Lanning's letting us have a little dessert now. Yeah, and another thing that you're going to throw on top of it is, you know, thanks to Coach Cristobal and his staff for the way they crushed it in recruiting because yes. these are a lot of his guys. But he did something that I never bought into, that Lanning is on a complete opposite end of the spectrum. And you heard about it. Why don't you put a guy under center? Why do you always run out of the pistol on third and fourth and short? And it was like, well, this is us. This is what we do. You don't hear that from Lanning. And with the freedom he's given Dillingham, you feel like his mission is not to force who they are down the throats of fans, media, and the opponent. It's what's going to work. I've got this diverse arsenal, be it a great quarterback now, an offensive line for the ages, four running backs, a lot of talent at wide out and tight end, and it's more what's going to succeed, what works best, not implementing my fingerprints, if that makes sense. Steve Tannen is uh, the host of Crunch Time and Sports Talk, uh, 95.3 The Score, and Eugene joining us here on 620 Rip City Radio. Um, speaking of, of that recruiting, I, and we're going to get to Bo Nix in, in a moment, and look, he's he's a good-looking quarterback. He gets a lot of the attention, a lot of the eyeballs, and a lot of the cameras, but Steve, this offensive line for Oregon, seven games, one sack. None of them were, by the way, against after four quarters of playing against Georgia. Um, one sack, and you, you mentioned going under center – to me, I know the onside kick in the game is going to get a lot of attention. You're probably going to talk about it a lot on your show today. The five touchdowns certainly speaks for itself. But to me, Steve, this game was won in the third quarter when Oregon held UCLA to a field goal, took the ball, went under center, eye formation, seven and a half minutes drive, I think 15 plays. I think they threw it three times and just kind of snatched the soul from UCLA in that moment. You know what? I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because you think of Oregon and even this offense in the chip era, it was blur, 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 run, 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 you know, nine plays, 75 yards, two minutes and 12 seconds, except the 2000 and game, uh, 10 game against Cal. If you remember, Cal had burned a timeout. It was a dogfight. It was 15-13. It was like nine and a half minutes to go. And Chip gathered the guys and said, we're going to kill the clock. We're going to run this out. We're going to completely alter our style. And, you know, this is going to be our new goal. And it's almost like um, Lanning and Dillingham were like, man, we really could put our foot on their throat and gut them right here, right now. And they did, because you're 100% right. After they scored there, it was like, well, what's the late game? This one's over. Um, sorry, let's talk about Bo Nix, because obviously, if not for the Georgia game, Stephen, again, you can't, can't deny it. It is what it is. Uh, you got to, you know, Oregon made that bed. You're going to have to lay in it. It may have some some repercussions. But if not for the Georgia game, this guy's a legit Heisman Trophy contender. When you look at the numbers, when you look at the statistics, uh, the way that he's been playing both on the ground and through the air, he is an absolute Heisman contender. But without needing to even get into the weeds on all of that, to me, one of the best stories in, in all of college football, a, a guy who was a born and raised Auburn Tiger heritage family, everything. He's going to Auburn. He's starting as a true freshman against Oregon. Uh, and through 
what happens in college football, some inconsistencies. Shocker, a sophomore quarterback's going to be a little bit inconsistent, a coaching change. And, you know, Auburn fans kind of ran him out of town. And, and now rebirth, new life at Oregon, truly just one of the, the best stories. And to see Bo Nix playing the way he is, and obviously I'm selfish as an Oregon fan because he's doing it for the team that I love. But uh, to me, just a tremendous story in college football. Yeah, you know, I'm not big on name dropping, but I happened to have Joey Harrington on last week, and I said, through a quarterback's lens, what are you seeing that's popping about Knicks? And the first thing he said was just poise. And if you think about that one drive where it's third and 12, and Knicks is back to pass, he eludes the rush, rolls out, and you're like, he's going to take off, and at the last second, he hit Bucky Knicks for the conversion. Then another time, it got the third down again, he made that perfect zone read, read, and he ran for the first down. I mean, a quarterback who is not poised, comfortable with the offense, making panic decisions isn't going to do that, and uh, I just think he has found a pretty quick comfort zone, and working in tandem again, because remember he and Dillingham worked uh, once before, I mean, he's, he's absolutely in the Heisman race, and yeah, we can't deny the Georgia game, but right now, if you look at the way he's playing, um, he, he's gone next level. Well, and also, I was watching, and I know I said that there was no primetime football for me last night. I did watch the pre- <laughs> I did watch the pregame show, and you know, you you see like what's going on with Tua Tunga Vailoa, and in the pregame, they like his his team after the coaching change, like his play is you know his teammates like had to rally around for him, and they asked like, what was that like, and he was like, it was different. He's like, I've been the best player on every team I've ever been on, and I never needed my players to or my teammates to rally around me, and I almost kind of felt the same way around Bo Nix, right? This guy was a superstar in high school. He was a five-star recruit. He was freshman of the year. And then when he hit the struggles at, at Auburn, he's probably never had to deal with that before. And to see him to come to Oregon and to see a fan base rally around him going, no, we are very happy that you are here. We do not want you to be anywhere else. I think that probably helps a little bit with that poise, knowing that the entire fan base isn't going to turn their backs and rip apart his Twitter feed if he has a bad game. <laughs> yeah, well, not only that, but um, you, you heard earlier in the year as the conversation about never being sacked, and there was an interview with Ryan Walk, there was an interview with Forsythe, and they're like, we don't even want to get this guy touched. We want to keep him clean, and you'll notice well, first he didn't get sacked, but even if he got knocked down, even if he got tackled after a run, the big fellows would run to where he is, help him up, give him a little pat on the back, and then go, well, not to huddle up, but get ready to uh, call the next play. So I think, and obviously it helps when you see your quarterback, the most important player on the field, who if given time and opportunity could produce like this, that also helps. But yeah, the, the, the way that he has become all of a sudden like a life long duck and in oh, yeah. a matter of what two months is kind of unbelievable it's just, and, and i'm not saying he's he's joe burrow but it does have a little bit of kind of joe burrow vibes right it took about five weeks for joe burrow the 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 great son of the state of ohio who grew up you know just outside of the hall of fame uh, there in Canton, who was on his way, lock, stock, and barrel to Ohio State. It took about five games to become a full-on Cajun at Louisiana State. And I joked about it on Twitter a couple weeks ago, Steve. Look, Bo Nix is ours now, all right? He's drinking kale smoothies and not sweet tea. He's It's smoked salmon instead of fried catfish. And, you know, he is, he is a son of Oregon now. 
and he and he knows how to layer. If you ever see him yeah. about town, he's, he's, got he's got a hoodie on. He's got a light <laughs> jacket. They're rethinking of naming the Mariota Center the Nick Center, but uh, it's uh, no. And, and I'll tell you what. I think when I first started watching him this year, I was like, man, he throws into those tight windows. He makes good decisions. He's obviously more athletic than I thought. But, man, that rainbow touchdown to Franklin, you also realize this guy has an absolute cannon because that was a thing of beauty. He got perfect protection, waited till the exact second that Franklin got separation and dropped an absolute diamond there. That, that was gorgeous. Steve Tannen from 95.3 The Score in Eugene joining us here on 620 Rip City Radio. One last thing, uh, you, you mentioned the atmosphere. Uh, I, I got up early and watched game day before I headed to the stadium. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you, Steve. I I was there and ma- because, you know, I'm kind of turning into a grumpy old man. You would be so proud that how much of a grumpy old man I, I have become. And just get me into my 40s and just, ah, you kids don't even know what it used to be like. But Autzen Stadium after, you know, after what happened in in 2016, and I think there was you know there was some financial problems with with ticket prices, and the team wasn't playing very well, and then obviously the Taggart thing, and Cristobal came in and played a different brand of football, and then the you know, COVID hit, and you just had to wonder like is is Austin Magic ever going to come back? Is is it ever going to be to the place where it was in those games like we talked about? You know, 09, like Halloween against USC. Um, the 2010 statement, statement, statement game against Stanford with LaMichael. Dude, those big-time games. And and for the first time since 2014, I felt kind of that, that odds and magic was back, Steve. Yeah, you know, Joey Mack, the guy who's the sideline reporter with Jerry and Jorge and Terry, he told me last week for the first time since he can remember, and he's not that far removed from being a student, that apparently what happens is they make the student tickets available. You go online, and Joey says for all he can remember, it's been like, who needs tickets? Who needs their student tickets? He says, Boom, from the first moment they went on sale Monday, they were almost gone immediately. That There was that kind of palpable buzz. And I think you can get kind of a sense of the enthusiasm and where the program's at and how you know reviled the team is by the students. And the student section <laughs> showed out big, and uh, they were rock and rolling from the opening kickoff. One of the best parts about college football, though, is you not know, like in the NFL where it's Sure, there's some great environments in the NFL, right? You think about, obviously, when Seattle's got things going or Kansas City. But for the most part, you're going to get, uh, you know, you're going to get an NFL atmosphere. College football, it can vary from game to game. And the Ducks now go from game day in town uh, to uh, and, and the fourth largest crowd at Autzen Stadium history. Chip Kelly on the sidelines and everything else. Now they got to go play in a library next week down at Strawberry <laughs> Canyon against Cal. But that's... That's college football. You know, you have to go play in Pullman. You got to go play in Berkeley. You got to go play in in these, you know, in these these different environments. And you mentioned the 2010 game. That always, you know, kind of creeps back up that Oregon had no business being in that ball game. Uh, they should have blown them out. They weren't. And I don't know if Justin Wilcox has got the guys, but he's a brilliant defensive mind and usually always seems to have a game plan for Oregon. Uh, and, and that's going to be an interesting uh Move for the Ducks now going on the road, playing in, uh, as I said, a bit of a sleepy atmosphere down in Berkeley. That's to say the least. 
And uh, this is a team who lost to Colorado yeah. nine days ago. And let's face it, before that win, you could have made a case that Colorado was the worst FBS team. And there's not an awful lot of discussion. So, yeah, um, Justin, you think back to his uh, – he was the defensive coordinator for Boise State when they frustrated Oregon so much. He's had some moments, but he, he just doesn't have the horses. Um, I haven't seen what the betting line is, maybe 14 points, I actually thought that was going to be a little low, but I think that Lanning and Dillingham and these guys, because of just this infusion of youth, that they're going to have these guys all jacked up. They're heading down to Berkeley and, uh, you know, the, the roading conference, especially to get the attention, be it the selection committee, the pollsters, I think still has some value. Early batting line has Oregon 17-point favorites, for entertainment purposes only, kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah. seven, 17 points, and that I think that's kind of low, but again, road game, Cal, uh, and potential hangover effect. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about. I know you got Mallard Monday coming up on uh, on Crunch Time and Sports Talk. You got a big week ahead. Uh, everybody's buzzing down in Eugene for Oregon football. It's always fun to be on the radio when that happens. So uh, enjoy your week, Steve. We we'll look forward to talking to you again soon, buddy. Always fun stuff. You guys be well. Have a great week. There you go, Steve Tannen, boys and girls. RCM.